0: You are listening to a presentation of Streams Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more audio and visual content, go to StreamsChurch.org. Well, hi, my name's Alan. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're starting a new series this week, and somehow I got selected to kick this series off, so uh this new series that we're doing is called lifesavers now there was some talk when we were talking about this series that people were going to confuse it with these type of lifesavers and although these are very important for some people more than others uh me included uh we're not talking about these lifesavers although it it could you know You can make the correlation, I guess. Uh, but, but we're, we're gonna be talking about lifesavers for the, for the next few weeks. And, uh, one of the things that, that we really wanna hit on in the next few weeks is that relationships change lives. And, and the fact is, is we've all been called to be lifesavers. That is our MO as followers of Christ. Uh, but in order to do that, we have to understand this concept that relationships change lives. And today, I'm, I'm going to be starting off with, the, the. over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring kind of some of the different aspects of, of this concept of, of relationships changing lives and what it means to be a lifesaver in, in other people's lives. But and, and today, I'm going to start off talking about influence. Uh, and in the next few weeks, uh, we're going to hear from, from Jason. And rumor has it that this guy that at one point pastored this church is going to be back Pastor Lloyd Baker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he is recovering and, and he's going to be back and, and sharing with us. So I'm super excited about that and super excited that he's on his way to to recovery and, and, and all of that. So that's going to be coming up in, in a couple weeks. Uh, but as I was going into, in, into this series, this summer I've, I've spent a lot of time on the mission field. Uh, I got to go to Japan, got to go to Guatemala, got to spend a lot of time away from my family so I miss them a lot but here here's here's what I walked away with this year uh I went to Japan a nation that it's a first world country uh but one of the highest suicide rates in the world and in this country that that literally uh, kind of like America they don't need god to sustain themselves they're, they're a first world country. They have what they need. They, they're kind of self-sufficient. Uh, and, and then I went to Guatemala, a third world country, and, and I saw a country that was so depleted of resources, so depleted of, of anything that was of sustenance. And, and I see this country that desperately needed God. And in all reality, they both desperately need God, but they had nothing. And and so when they were introduced to God, it, it was, it was life changing because all of a sudden it was something that they didn't have that they could, they could hang on to and they could relate to. But one thing ran a theme through both of these. And that was the fact of relationships. That was the fact that relationships mattered, whether it was A kid rummaging through a dump in Guatemala to find the next plastic bottle that they could turn in for some money so that their family could have food for the next day. Or or whether it was somebody in Tokyo living in a high rise, working a very affluent job but kind of felt lost purpose-wise in life. Or whether it was coming back home, living in suburbia America in Goodyear, Arizona, and seeing that people need relationships people are desperate for relationships and when I think about relationships I think back to junior high and the reason I think back to junior high is because I had this friendship with a guy I remember his name his name was Jason Actually, his initials were JB. It wasn't Jason Backus, but his initials were JB. And uh, I remember we, would, we lived less than a mile from each other, and we would walk back and forth to each other's houses and spend the night at each other. And back then, Super Nintendo was the thing. And I lived in Arkansas, so we didn't play, like, shoot 'em up games. We played fishing games. And I still remember the night that we literally stayed up all night to beat a fishing game. I don't know. That's what we did. <laughs> but but I remember those moments, and I remember the times that we had. Or I remember when I got a little bit older and was able to drive, and we got eggs all on the inside of our car because we were doing things we shouldn't have been doing, and and we were not egging people; they were egging us. That's what you do in small town Arkansas. Um, and and uh, I remember those moments, and I remember those times. Just just we had a blast together, and and it, it was fun. And, and so I think about, the, that, when I think about relationships and friendships, that's kind of the picture that comes to mind. But the truth is, we don't just need that in junior high, we need that throughout, we crave relationship. Uh, we crave relationships with other people. And when we talk about influence, you can't have influence without relationships, they go together. Uh, because in junior high we could talk each other into doing just about anything because of our relationship, we definitely had influence in each other's life, uh, and 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 it was just just part of what we did. But as as I traveled the world this this summer and and saw different countries and then tried to to connect that back to to where I live here in in America. And seeing this common thread of relationships running through. And seeing this common thread of, of people are desperate for that. And God's called me to do something about it. God's called us all to do something about it. He's put it as our MO. Acts chapter eight tells us that the Holy Spirit is going to come and empower our lives. Not so that we can just be empowered and look pretty. But the Holy Spirit has come to empower our lives so that we can go out... Ultimately, to the uttermost parts of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it all starts at home and we work our way out. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to build relationships. We are pow- empowered to put on display the mightiness of God, the incredibleness of who God is. But sometimes in the midst of that, we, we forget that relationships are cr- so crucial to this whole thing. And so I'm asking God, what does this look like? What does this whole thing about influence and, and being a lifesaver and having re- relationships, what does that look like in my life? What does that look like in your life? And, you know, we, we've all had the, the salesman come by the door selling, I don't think they sell vacuum cleaners anymore, but I remember the vacuum cleaner salesman coming by the door growing up or uh, had a guy came by selling me internet alarm systems and, you know and it's, it's that cold call it's that they show up at the door there's no relationship you don't even want to open the door and in fact most of the times you don't open the door like <sighs> the other day this happened and i think we were watching we were watching a movie or maybe it was soccer i can't remember I don't know how you confuse those two, but, <laughs> um, and it was really loud, and I know you could hear it outside of the front door, and I hear the guy knocking, I'm like, kids, shh, <laughs> shh, boom, 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 And when, you know, they knock again, shh. <laughs> and you just, you know, until the knocking stops, and then you go peek through the peephole. <laughs> yes! <laughs> they walk away. Um, <laughs> And, and so I get that picture in my head and I, and I realize that's not what God's called me to do. He hasn't put me in the business of making cold calls and walking up to people and saying, I got Jesus for you. Are you ready for him? For nine ninety nine? How about right now? Uh, and, and, and he's not put us in the business of that. And I think sometimes we, we shy away from the responsibility of going into all the world because sometimes I think we feel like that. I know I do that. Sometimes I feel like I have to be like that, that in order to get people to respond, I've got to be the salesman that sells it just right, that says just the right thing, that paints this perfect little picture of who Jesus is. And then they'll buy the product because reality is we have the best product in the world (laughs) Jesus Christ is the best product. But sometimes I think we do Him a disservice when we try to sell Him like any other product. And, and, and so we have this dilemma. And, and honestly, on the trip to Guatemala, I was, I was put in a situation where, where God really started tweaking this in me. We went to one of the dumps in Guatemala and for about an hour, we, we walked around and we were there handing out clothes and um, some toys for the kids. And, and I walk around this dump and I realize that this is people's livelihood. This, this is where they live. This is where they sleep. And i got to be honest, I was very conflicted in that moment. Because for a moment, I felt like a tourist at a tourist attraction watching people in complete poverty and feeling like I was putting them on display, but in another moment, I knew I was providing something for them, but it felt so empty. And, and God really started—I I, I walked away from that, and I was so conflicted on the inside, and so just, God, what are you trying to teach me through this moment? Because I feel like this was this was too painful. And and the thing that God—I I walked away from that—is that God was saying relationships. The reason you're so conflicted in this moment is because you haven't lived with them. You haven't built a relationship with them. You don't know what it is to live in the dump and, and and maybe not know if tomorrow you're going to survive. And the reason you feel so empty trying to give them something is because you're giving out of really ignorance because you don't understand the concept of what they're going through. And And God said, I want you to take that back with you. Because the very same dilemma that you feel like you're in here, you're in that very same dilemma back in your comfy home, back in the United States of America. Because truth be known, do you really know, do you really understand the issues and the hurts and the pains of the people that are around you and what they're going through and and how to relate to that? Or are you just trying to tell them about me without really getting your hands dirty and understanding what what's going on in people's lives? And, and so we have this dilemma that we know people need Jesus, and we know we've got to get them from point A to point B. And, and we're in this dilemma, and whether it's a coworker, a friend, a relative, uh, or anyone in between, we have this dilemma. I know that people need Jesus. I know He is the best thing for their life. But He hasn't called me to be a cold salesman that sells a product, hoping that they'll buy it. And to be honest, I feel so underqualified sometimes for relationships. Believe it or not, I don't like to talk. I know. Um, I I would prefer to to go sit and just sit. I don't even have to read or watch TV. I, I can just sit. I just like sitting. It's, it's fun. You should try it sometime. Uh, and and so sometimes I feel so underqualified because I don't I don't always have the the witty comment to make in a moment or you can ask my wife you know sometimes she'd be like you you've been thinking about that one for a while haven't you I'm like yeah like two days just happened to be a moment I could use it uh, you, you know and and sometimes I'm fearful like I literally am fearful to go up to a stranger and talk to them I don't know why I mean it, it, but, but it's this thing if sometimes I struggle with talking with people and interacting with people and god's called me to do that and i go okay god let's try to figure this out and 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 so i'm in this dilemma i know people need relationships i know people need jesus and i've heard the saying all my life to earn the right to be heard and i see that theme throughout scripture but i'm a kind of facts guy i I like to have diehard facts and I go, okay, I get that, you know, I can, I can gather that from what Jesus did. He earned the right to be heard in these disciples' lives and he spent three years with them, helping them through their stupidity and, and all of the dumb things that they did because he wanted to, I, I get all of that. I see that picture. But I need something concrete. I, I need something that just literally says that, that conveys that through scripture. And so I was in Japan. Having a quiet time, it was one of those moments where I just decided I'm going to read First Thessalonians. So why don't you go ahead and turn over First Thessalonians because we're going there today. I'm like I'm just going to read First Thessalonians. I start reading um, chapter two, and it was like one of those aha moments. And I, literally, I could, I told Josh, "I go, dude, next time we get to speak, I'm talking about this." And then I got back and I'm looking at the schedule and I realize I'm introducing this series. And I'm like, I, I could have like. I don't know what I could have done, but I was so excited in that moment. See, I'm not very witty. I can't come up with those things on the moment. Um, and so so I was so excited because I'm like, this is exactly what I read, this whole Lifesaver thing, having influence in people's lives, building relationships. That's literally this earn the right to be heard thing. I literally just read that in First Thessalonians. And, and so we're going to jump into this. And I just want to read, because I want you to get the full effect, and then we're going to talk about it. So it's actually like, I don't know, 13 verses. So, you know, that whole thing about just sitting, you should try that right now. Okay, here we go. It's lots of fun. All right. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly, in spite of great opposition. So you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives as well. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and thoughtless toward all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stop thinking, God, that when you received this message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. I see this beautiful picture of them literally going into the, Thess- the, in, into the Thessalonian church and setting up camp. And they have this burning message in their hearts, this, this, this glory, amazing gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they're so ready to just, man, I want these people to get it. I want these people to just flock to Jesus. But, man, we're just going to go in and we're going to live with them. We're going to set up camp. We're going to work hard. We're going to love them. We're going to be with them. We're going to ask them questions. We're going to live life with them. Eventually, we'll get to talk about Jesus. And you know what? When we talk about Jesus, they're going to accept it not as some made-up word or some fancy thing that we're trying to throw out there to them. They're going to accept it because of the relationship that we've built with them. And I truly believe that relationships earn the right to be heard. You see, relationships lead to influence. When we're talking about influence, when we're talking about being lifesavers, when we're talking about literally saving people's lives by introducing them to Jesus Christ relationships earn the right to be heard. And there's some pretty cool things that, that I picked out in this passage. And the first thing is that on that journey of that relationship, on that journey of influence of the people around you is that God's called us to be genuine. God has called us to be genuine followers of Christ. He said there in Thessalonians that... Uh, Our purpose is to please God, not people. We're not putting on any fronts. We don't need you to to think that we've got it all put together and we've got this all figured out and and we're nice and pretty. We don't need to please you. We're pleasing God. I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to talk about my faults. I'm going to talk about my flaws. I'm I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please God. And that means I'm going to be genuine with you. Uh, Never once did we try to win you with flattery. Uh, We weren't just pretending to be your friends just to get your money. This isn't a pretending thing. This isn't, all right, I'm going to be your friend so I can get influence in your life. I'm going to tell you about Jesus and then peace out. That's not what this is about. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to build a relationship with you because I want to be your friend and I want to build a relationship with you. The fringe benefit of that and the life-changing benefit of that is Jesus is going to come into the picture and he's going to redeem things, and it's going to be so incredible. But I am literally being your friend and having a relationship with you because I like you. Now, if you don't like people, we're going to have to pray. You have to ask God to help you with that one. But literally, they're saying, I'm going to be genuine, and I'm going to be your friend, and I'll be a genuine friend. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to laugh with you. You're going to cry with me, and you're going to laugh at me. But it's okay. Because we're going to have a genuine relationship, a genuine friendship. He said, you know, I, I, I think the thing that really hit me there was we're, we're not going to flatter you to try to get you... I, I'm not going to say things to try to make you and build you up and make you go, wow, all right, what do you got to say to me? I'm, I'm just going to be genuine. I'm just going to love you. And we're going to walk this journey together. And then I think he talks about not only being genuine, but being gentle with people. He said in verse 7 that we certainly had a right to make demands of you, but instead we were like children among you. We were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. You know, I think it's easy sometimes that the, the, the first time that somebody kind of rejects us or maybe we we mention something and they don't take it the right way or or there becomes tension. We see it as a failed mission, a failed relationship, and we walk away from it. But the picture that I see here in 1 Thessalonians is that they were consistent. And they were consistently and and genuinely gentle with people. They were saying, "I, I realize that... This is strange right now. And I realize that maybe we're not even on speaking terms right now. But we're going to gently walk through this. We're going to make it through this. And I'm going to love you. And and we're going to figure this thing out. And even though I can make some demands of you right now, and I can make you because I have every right to demand something of you, I've literally poured my life into you. I'm not going to make that demand right now. I realize that right now is not the moment. Right now, I need to be gentle with you and encourage you and, and help you walk through this situation that you're walking through. And, and, and then in verses 9 through 12, I think he talks about us being giving people, literally giving our life to people. Um, he says how hard we worked among you. Night and day we toiled so that we wouldn't be a burden to you. Um, we were devout and honest and thoughtless towards you. We treated you as a father treats his own children. And I think in that moment we, we see this picture of a father that loves his child so much that he just gives of himself to that child. And, you know, I think about the way that, that I am with my children. And, you know, I, I got back from Guatemala. And, of course, I brought them gifts because I always bring them gifts, you know, any time I go somewhere. But, but I think about the right after we got back, I wanted to take both of them on dates and uh, so Lynn, Lacey is our, our little shop well she's not really a shopper I don't know she just is whatever and she wanted to go to the mall I'm like okay so we went to Jason's Deli in the mall we get to the mall I'm like okay daddy's going to buy you one thing because well, we do allowances with them so normally I make them spend their money but I'm like daddy's going to buy you one thing today and she picked out some fake fingernails and I'm like is that really what you want okay let's do it alright I don't know if daddy likes this but whatever said one thing so, I get her some little stick on fingernails. I think she's lost them all by now, whatever. Um, but, but it was that moment. It was, for me, it was so cool because I'm like, we get to go eat dinner to, or eat lunch together, and then I get to go buy you this thing and just to see the joy in your face in that moment. And then with Lindsay, she's a little more cultured. So, we, uh, we went and had sushi. And then we went to the brass armadillo. I'm telling you. I, me and her, we, we can, we can make this work. So, uh, we go on the brass armadillo and I'm like, Hey, you get to buy one thing. And of course, I gave him a $10 limit, especially there. And, uh, of course, Lindsay, she finds the one thing that is $10. But it was so cool. It was literally this little teacup and saucer that was made in, in London and you know and it was uh the north church in england was was the scene and it was whatever the you know the blue the blue looking it's blue what do you call that to yeah, whatever that thing's called. Uh <laughs> and, and it was, you know, it was really nice and pretty and uh and and she was so excited and we got home and she made her a cup of tea in it and she drank her tea and it was just you know, it was one of those moments as a father getting to experience that and just buying her a teacup was it was so fun, it was so cool, and, and it was just an amazing moment. And and so when he uses this picture here, I think that's the picture. Because when you just read that, you go, as a father treats his own children, okay, all right. And you move on to the next thing. But when you get this picture of, of what I experienced with my kids, and, and this is the relationship that he's calling us to live in with people, that we, when we give of ourself, when we give of our life, that it doesn't drain us, that it literally brings joy to us. That we get to see those moments when we give to other people and, and people come alive, and, and we 're so excited and, and it 's exhilarating and so i 'm working through this, and to be honest god 's challenging me because i 'm not naturally good at this stuff. you know the whole thing about not talking to people <laughs> i 'm not naturally good at and, and I have a feeling there's some people here today that you're not you 're just not naturally good at Living this stuff out, Um, but so God's challenging me, and He's saying you can, you can do this stuff. You can be genuine. You can talk about your faults. You can tell people that you're not good at this stuff. It's okay. You you can you can be gentle with people. Shannon says I'm gentle, so maybe I got that one down. Um, You can be giving. I'm still working on that one. And and so I'm working through these things and I'm figuring out what it means to to not just kind of be in relationship with people, but to be intentional about being in relationship with people and having influence in their life. And so I think verse 8 sums up this whole thing. Those are some of the characteristics, but I think verse 8 literally sums up this whole picture. It says, We loved you so much that we share with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. We didn't just come just to tell you about Jesus and about the life-saving part of that whole deal, that He literally can change your life and save your life, that He is your ultimate life-saver. We didn't just come to tell you about that. We came to live life with you. We came to have relationship with you. We came to go to your kid's softball game with you. We came to... To hang out in your garage and watch the World Cup this afternoon. Well, even if you don't even like the World Cup. We came to, to eat dinner with you. We came to have you over and, 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 and have fun. And, and watch the kids go swim in the swimming pool together. We came to literally live life with you. We came to share those things with you. Because we didn't just come to, to sell you a product. To be a salesman. We came because we love you. We care about you. And influence will come. Relationship will earn the right to be heard. And so what happens, and I kind of rewrote this verse, kind of made it a little more personal, because at the very end, this is what he said. They receive his message from us. They don't think of our words as mere human ideas. They accept what we say as the very Word of God, which of course it is. You see, the dilemma is, sometimes I've told people about Jesus and they've rejected it. And I took it as a personal rejection, in a sense, maybe it was, because I didn't really invest. I didn't really build relationship. I, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get the fix on. I wanted to get to the end result. But God is calling us that if we want to have influence in people's lives, if we want to earn the right to be heard in people's lives, if we want to be lifesavers, make people's breath smell better. If if we if we if that's if that's what we want to do, that we're called to live in relationship with people, know the hurts, know the pains, hang out with them, get to know who they are, get to know their history. Talk to them. Listen to them. I can listen. I just can't talk. Listen to them. Care about them. Care deeply. Be genuine with them. Tell them how you struggle with that very same thing. Be gentle with them. Help walk them through the moments that are so hard and and so unbearable. Give of yourself, your very testimony, your life, everything that you are. Walk in relationship with people and you earn the right to be heard. You have influence in people's life. You get to be a lifesaver. You get to do the very thing that God's called you to do. And we're all in this together. Some of us are really good at this. Some of us are not so good at this. Some of us are learning. But the cool thing is we all get to do this together. And we get to build relationships, have influence in people's lives, and care about people and do what God's called us to do. So if the worship team wants to come, I want to ask you, maybe this week you'll, you'll have some moments where God will say, that's the moment. Here's a phone call you can make. Here's a visit that you can have with someone to build relationship. Don't chalk that off. Don't push that aside. Don't think, yeah, but it might be cheesy. They might not answer the phone. They might not actually want to hear it. Don't push it off. That's, that's the nudging of the Holy Spirit, that whole empowering of the whole Holy Spirit thing. That's the Holy Spirit nudging you to build relationships. So Father, I pray this week that you would challenge us, that you would let us see the people that you've placed in our life around us, that we can have influence in their life, But we need to build a relationship with them. We need to care about them. We need to be genuine with them. We need to be gentle. We need to give of ourselves. We literally need to live life with them. And the moment will come. But Father, let us not shy away from the task at hand. Let us not shy away from building relationships with people. From caring for people. So, God, capture our heart this week. Capture our heart and infuse us with your heart for people. I thank you for that. You've been listening to a message from Streams Church in Goodyear, Arizona. Email any questions to streamschurch at msn.com. The mission of Streams Church is very simple. To lead people into their life calling, a relationship with Jesus Christ that is challenging, growing, and purposeful. For more information about service times, location, or events, go to StreamsChurch.org.